Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I'm your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you here, it's been over a week, or, or actually over a will over a week since we did a, a show, a week since you've heard from me, and St. John still has yet to play a game since they took down uh, Arizona out in the West Coast. Unfortunately, this is, I think, the longest layoff of the year and one of the longest layoffs I've ever seen for a college basketball team. Uh, full 10 days off after they just had like 10 days off before that or just played two uh, two games in 10 days before that. So hasn't been a lot of basketball to uh, to talk about for the Red Storm. And I know if I'm if I'm like everyone else, I'm itching to, to get to talking about some actual games once again for the Red Storm. But we do have this nice layoff. And as we said before, it probably will work in St. John's favor getting this layoff with uh, Mustafa Heron still battling to come back from that ankle sprain. So hopefully he's able to play when the Red Storm faces Butler to kick off Big East play in a couple of days on New Year's Eve. And we will kind of kick off Big East play on this podcast today. Uh, We're going to be joined by Arden Franklin. He is a contributor to uh, Big East Coast Bias, the SB Nation St. John's blog. You can follow him at on Twitter at Arden Sports Talk, A-R-D-N Sports Talk. And yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit of Big East basketball. We're going to talk about how where St. John's fits in the Big East as well as where the Big East fits in the nation as a whole. And that'll pretty much be the show today. A little Big East preview for you guys. Uh, looking forward to talking with with Arden, and I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it as well. And then, obviously, not not a whole lot to talk about with the Red Storm, with uh, with the season kind of uh, taking a little bit of a pause for a second here for the holidays. Which good for the players; they get to enjoy their their holiday break, hopefully with with uh, family and friends. But for us fans, it's a little bit it's a little bit tough waiting for them to uh, to get back in the swing of things. But we will get back in the swing of things on what is it Tuesday night in Carnesecca Arena against. But for now, let's uh, get to this Big East preview with Arden Franklin, and I'll be back on the other end to wrap this show up. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, I'm now joined by Arden Franklin of Big East Coast Bias. Uh, He has a couple other of... uh, places where he writes for as well but you can find him on twitter at arden sports talk a-r-d-n sports talk arden thank you for joining me today hey thank you man for inviting me i'm really excited about this we're gonna have a good time absolutely and i i think my my first question i think that the big east is going to be a very good time uh this year as well which is why i have you on here today um certainly we came in thinking that the big east was going to be very very strong we came in thinking it was probably going to be a top conference in the country and it's really lived up, if not exceeded, expectations so far uh, in, in non-conference play, at least. So heading into conference play, is, is this the toughest conference in the country, do you think? Uh, I would say for right now, yes. Yes, it is. Um, again, truth of the matter is when you have the amount of teams that you have in this conference that are thriving right now, and then they're all thriving despite the various circumstances that they're dealing with, it's incredible. You know, whether it's the St. John, the, the Butler and the Pauls really doing something good to the main stage, like Marquette and, and Villanova doing pretty well. It's, it really gives you a, a diversity within conference play. You know, other conferences, for example, like the ACC, 
mm-hmm. they second to have more ranked teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the ACC right now has, has as high as four teams in the top 25, mm-hmm. in like the top five or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the depth isn't the same. You know, I think with the I think the Big East, you're seeing great depth, you're seeing great talent, and, and you're seeing these group of coaches that, for a while, we all know can really coach and do their thing. They're just taking it to another level. You know, so it's been really impressive to watch and the Big East is rightfully the toughest conference in college basketball right now. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think I would agree with you there. It, it may not be the it may not be the best of the, at the top, but overall, I think top to bottom, it probably is the best. Going off of that, this is a, a league right now that goes in with really nine teams that have realistic tournament expectations. So, h- how many teams could you realistically see reaching the tournament for the Big East this year? Right now. I'll probably stick with five. Yeah. I feel like five is a safe number just because truth of the matter is that so many teams will begin to tear off a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, once the new year comes around and once conference plays in full effect, mm-hmm. that's just the reality of college basketball. Um, the big hope for these teams would be, even if they have a slow start after the new year, that it's not that bad to, to get what they did the first couple of months of the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll go with five. I mean, again, because you already have to think off the top of uh, your head. You already know Villanova is a tournament entry. Mm-hmm. They'll get in. Mm-hmm. Marquette has been a tournament entry. Seton Hall has been a tournament entry. So that's already three. So it's really just a matter of, of Butler maintaining their great performance. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. they get in, then that's the fourth. Mm-hmm. Number five is really up to debate. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number five is up to debate. Yeah. Maybe that's a Georgetown if they can provide their hot start. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an Xavier. Maybe it's a DePaul. So five tournament entries for the Big East is more than realistic. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And and staying on that kind of realistic talk for right now is St. John's. We'll talk about them for a little bit here. Um, yeah. r- realistic goals for St. John's in conference play. I mean, they may have changed a little bit. Um, how many wins do you see for the Red Storm? What spot do you finish? What what spot do you see them finishing? You know, how have goals maybe changed a little bit for them? Oh man, I would say last year the, the Red Storm they went I think it was like eight and ten mm-hmm. in conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, they were eight and ten in conference play, and we know for St. John's a big thing for them every year is to get an upset one or two. It's mm-hmm. like a guarantee. You know, I don't bet, but I would certainly bet for certain games to go <laughs> get that clutch uh, upset one or two. Yep. I definitely expect them to improve their their conference record this year. Um, I expect them to have a winning conference record. So if we're talking eighteen games. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll go eight and ten. Um, I love what Coach Anderson is doing. I would like for them to go eleven and seven. Really? I think that's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just because this team, you know, and, and, and I know we'll talk Saint. I know we'll talk more about Saint John right after this. But I think it goes back to what we talked about with the Big East and, and its totality. It, it may not be the greatest talent up top, but mm-hmm. the depth and the coaching will carry. Mm-hmm. So I really think they'll be in a position to begin the new year off right. You know, they won't be in a position where last year, for example, right, they entered the new year, you know, they had some noticeable wins, right? They they went into Georgetown, mm-hmm. got a nice win. They mm-hmm. beat Marquette last year, got a nice one, and then they dropped back to back to Villanova and Nepal. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, 
we started going back and forth. Okay, we'll beat Creighton, but we'll drop the Butler and Georgetown. You know, we'll, you know, it's, I, I think they'll find a way to be a little bit better this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll have a winning conference record. I think they'll be eleven and seven. I think they should be within the top half of the conference. Mm-hmm. So, so you, so you could see St. John's like being not like you said top half of the conference, but then being in the NCAA tournament. You would think with with twenty three wins, you could you could see them being in the tournament. 100 percent, 100 percent, and and definitely be in a position where they don't have to be a part of that first sport. Yeah, uh huh, yeah, wow. So, so you're pretty high on the Red Storm, huh? I am, I am. You know, for me, and, and it's funny enough, I, I wrote a season preview about them mm-hmm. on Big East Coast Bias, and one of the main things I focused on was you already know up top for them. They have LJ, they have Mufasa. So they have two guys that can lead the way, even though there's going to be a question in regards to how they're going to deal with being the top two guys. Because mm-hmm. life is different, but they just have to do what they do. But you have Shimori leading the way, and you had Justin, and mm-hmm. you had those guys back there, Marvin and them. Marvin too, yep. But so, yeah, but so far, the depth that they've had has been great. You know, Julian Champagne is a kid I used to cover back during his days in the Catholic League here when he was playing that Bishop Longley and he's been really doing well. You know, there's a few other guys they had, Nick, mm-hmm. David, uh, just, just those guys there. They, they've been able to really form a, late, a great rotation. Mm-hmm. So when you have that kind of depth and LJ Mufasa at the very least can be consistently solid, mm-hmm. I, I don't see no reason for me to not like them. And Rasheem Dunn is really underrated. Yeah. Uh-huh. In my opinion, he's extremely underrated for what he does for that team, man. He's really like a lightning bolt for that team for the right reason. Absolutely, and he's been huge for them so far. Uh, talking about some other sleeper teams in the Big East, aside from St. John's, Butler and DePaul. I think Butler, DePaul, and St. John's were the th- picked as the three lowest teams in the Big East going into by the coaches going into the season, and they are probably the three most surprising teams so far. Butler is, is ranked, I think, number 12. DePaul should be ranked. Uh, who has yeah. surprised you the most besides St. John's, though? Oh, man. Between those two, it would be such a tough uh, question to, to get an answer from. Mm-hmm. I would probably go... Man, it's just tough. <laughs> I would probably go DePaul to mm-hmm. this extent. Mm-hmm. Even though DePaul has been building up nicely over the last few years. Yeah, I know true. people mm-hmm. may hear that and go, oh, what you mean? You don't see a record, you don't see certain losses. But DePaul over the last few years has had good starts to start the year. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of when December occurred, when January occurred, they just wasn't able to maintain those good starts. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the year where they'll be able to maintain that. Butler is a team that, again, we, we see their name when it comes to the NCAA tournament or the INP. Mm-hmm. Their coaching staff there is legit. We know they have talent there. Um, salute to my guy Jordan Tucker, another Westchester kid. <laughs> yep, um, yeah. He's playing pretty solid so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go with the ball since Butler has seen to be in the team and, you know, really for God knows how many years now. We, they've become synonymous with the NCAA tournament. They've mm-hmm. given us great moments, right? Mm-hmm. Going Hayward and those guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go with DePaul. I yeah. go with DePaul, but DePaul doesn't necessarily surprise me, quote unquote. Yeah, no, that that's a good point by you though, because Butler, like you said, they have had that that culture of winning for a long time now. DePaul really hasn't had that. You know, I, I don't remember the last time DePaul's even been in the tournament. And yes, they have been building it up, but it's been a while, you know, since they've even been in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. 100%, 100%. Yeah, so um, and now speaking about some teams that 
have that culture that go to the tournament every single season. Uh, Seton Hall, Villanova, the two teams that were picked at the top of the conference uh, heading into co- heading into the season. Some rocky starts yeah. for both of them. Seton Hall dropped a couple of games. They dealt with some injuries. Yeah. Villanova as well dropped a couple of games to ranked opponents. Both seemed to kind of right the ship last week when Seton Hall beat uh, Maryland, and then Villanova takes down top-ranked Kansas, although I don't know how much uh, stock you get for uh, for beating the number one team this season, but they did beat the number one team in Kansas last weekend. How should both of those yeah. two teams feel heading into conference play? I feel like both of them should feel good. I mean, when you know the coaches that they got there, you know, post mm-hmm. Miller for Seton Hall and, and obviously Jay Rice for Villanova, you know, they're going to do their best to keep those guys humble mm-hmm. and, and to give them perspective. But it's a different kind of humble and a different kind of perspective that they're giving their teams. It's not like, oh, the ones that humble you guys that make you think you're not anything. It's just knowing what the big picture is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes. We got these big wins. We're in a good position. And we are who we are for a reason as a program. Mm-hmm. But there's still bigger fish to fry, quote unquote. So I think for Seton Hall, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, we're at this position eight and four. There's a lot of hype entering the season. You know, the Miles Powell mm-hmm. being player of the year. Mm-hmm. And now it's just a matter of we have to right the ship. We have to keep everything going. Mm-hmm. Um, Things were looking really dark following yeah. those losses to Iowa State and Rutgers, especially the Rutgers loss. Mm-hmm. But if they can just maintain, you know, maintain, they don't have to run the table. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their first couple weeks of action, right, when you have DePaul coming up, Georgetown, Xavier, Marquette, and Butler, mm-hmm. I would say if you can just come out of that at least three and two, mm-hmm. you should be very happy given your situation. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one on the other hand different. I mean, top 15 in the country, bigger expectations. So, they're just going to be focused on, again, just continuing to build off of what they've been having mm-hmm. and to make sure that they can just have that great start. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to want to send a message and, and go up to Marquette and create an enjoy trying to get some nice one. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I really think they can do it. You mm-hmm. know, this team in particular, uh, I really like what they have. You know, Sequoia Bay is is, inc- is really, really coming on strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a surprise to me that Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been a really good freshman to begin. Yeah. Jermaine Samuels is a good player. I had a chance to speak with Jermaine actually at the uh, at the Big East Coast, at the at the Big East Media Day. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun interview. Mm-hmm. But um, both teams should be good. Both teams should be good. Both teams have. What you need there is just all about executing the game plan. Mm. You, do you still do you still see those two as the top two in the conference? At least at least once it's all once it's all said and done. Yeah, I really believe so. Mm-hmm. I really believe so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just still finish off like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they got the talent for sure. Uh, talking about an, another team that certainly has some talent, it's, it's Georgetown. They took a big hit a couple weeks ago, about a month ago actually, uh, when yeah. when uh, Josh LeBlanc and um, James Akinjo both transferred, and then all the suspension or the uh, you know the drama that went on there. Some major adversity for them, but since then they've played great. Obviously, um, I mean we're kind of seeing the effects of that now. But 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 in your opinion, how does that adversity that you're facing in non-conference play? If how if at all does that kind of help them heading into Big East play now? Uh, I would say it's just I think it's, I think it, I think the biggest impact would be on their mentality mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. You know when when what happened to them with the string of reports and transfers, it just made them bunker down. Mm-hmm. You know they they had to lock in. They had to really lock in and turn out the noise and. So far, it's worked, right? They went five straight. Yeah. They got some mm-hmm. nice wins, right? Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and mm-hmm. Syracuse. So, 
that was nice. I mean, they gave Duke a run for their money. That yeah. was a nice battle that they had against Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just say it, 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 it really impacted their mentality in, in, a, great, in a great manner because mm-hmm. you know what it's like to really tune in, to really lock in, to play <clears throat> what you feel are important games. Mm-hmm. So when January comes around, this is not new to you. And that's something that the Hoyas should take advantage of. Mm-hmm. These other teams in their conference haven't necessarily played big games. They mm-hmm. haven't necessarily been in the positions that they've been in in which mentally they had to really lock it and change. Mm-hmm. Maybe Seton Hall can challenge them in that, in that effort. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. nobody else in my opinion really can. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's when Congress play arrives, it's like, yes, you know, it's a big deal. But it shouldn't be this overwhelming thing to talk mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you've been in, you've seen crazier things already this year. Exactly. And you got some guys there that are ready. You know Matt McClung is ready mm-hmm. to go and do his thing. Mm-hmm. You know Omar is ready to go and do his thing. You know, he's going out with a bang of a senior. Mm-hmm. Matt is going as hard as he can as a sophomore. Yeah. And, and Coach Ewing, he's the right coach for those guys, man. He's, he's even killed, never too high, never too low. Mm-hmm. So I really like George Hall entering conference play because, like I've been saying, the biggest thing for them right now is mentally they're set, mentally they're ready for battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I hate that guy Mac McClung, but he's pretty good, and he he's been pretty good for them this season too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Providence, really the only disappointing team uh, so far. They dropped a couple games that they should not have lost, and they're only seven yeah. and six right now. No one else in the conference uh, has four losses besides Seton Hall, who, who's dropped a couple of tough games as well. So Providence yeah. is the only disappointment. Um, is there any hope for them still? To, you know, for an NCAA tournament bid, or are they kind of destined for for last place? Are they that team that you can kind of pencil in for last? I mean, we we know the culture of Providence is usually off the charts. So, so where do you kind of see them fitting in? Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I, I understand why people are down on Providence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, I get Providence and none of those teams too that's become synonymous with tournament play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're low key. They're a safe bet for the Big East tournament, and that's how they play. Like you know. Providence uh, comes in, does good to get an upset or two. Yeah. You know, they'll give mm-hmm. a team a for their money. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that in recent years having covered the tournament personally at the target. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they'll turn it around because if there's anything about the Big East that we know, it's there's always a team that turns it around late. That's true, yeah. It always happens. Seton Hall did it last happens. year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it mm-hmm. always happens. Mm-hmm. You know when... If it's not in January when February keeps around and mm-hmm. turn into March, suddenly teams play well beyond their regular season record. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest turn and the biggest turn is like a lifeline. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of teams arrive there basically dead and then they come out alive and it's good enough to at the very least make the NIT. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not saying that Providence is going to wait until that late in the season to make a run. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in them. Again, I mean they have a good culture there. They really do. Yeah. And they got some guys on that team that can go after it. It's just a matter of, you know, what an early season struggle can do. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs, but they're starting to turn around. I mean, ever since the, 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 the three-game losing streak, you know, you, you can tell they're starting to find their winning ways. And mm-hmm. it's just all about eventually trying to add on to it. So instead of being a team that's three and three right now since late November, it's all about, all right, can we be four and two can we be five and one it's 
You're just trying to build. You're just trying to stack wins up eventually. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's true. Yeah, and um, rounding out the conference now, the, the the three teams that we haven't discussed: Creighton, Xavier, and Marquette. You kind of mentioned earlier yeah. how you thought five teams in the conference will get into the to the NCAA tournament. Those are three of those teams that are kind of on the bubble for maybe that last spot or those last two spots. Uh, where do you see those three fitting in? I mean, some of them uh, obviously Marquette's got Marcus Howard, but where do you see those three teams kind of fitting into the Big East puzzle this season? I would just say they would definitely have a mixed bag of results. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when it comes to conference play, especially Marquette in recent years, even when they were ranked, I feel like the underrated aspect to them, and, and I don't mean this in a good way, uh, was that they suffered some inexcusable losses mm-hmm. during conference play. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's not talked about enough in my opinion. Like, even when Howard was the guy and, and, and playing at such a high level. I mean, he still was not, but mm-hmm. when he was really at that high level, you would just see them drop some inexcusable games for a team with that kind of talent at the top and then throughout the roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all three of them will give us a mixed bag. You know, I mean, I know right now the common number between them is two because each of them have two losses, but they'll drop some games in our conference play. They'll find a way to win some, and they'll be a part. Of, and they'll be a part of the season, like you said. They'll be fighting for those last NCAA tournament spots. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. be trying to make sure that they can have a great performance during the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if one of them can maybe join the call for the team that should be ranked. Mm-hmm. That that'll be a big deal. I know St. John has been getting support in that in that argument as well. Yeah, that should be ranked. Mm-hmm. You know, having one set of three games, so. I think we'll see a mix of everything from these teams leading up into March. Yeah, and and, and that's that's a good point. I mean, right right out of the bag, you, you you would assume that a couple of those teams that are in the receiving votes category of the AP people are, are just going to get ranked just by virtue of they'll they'll win and they'll move up, you know, because because they're all playing each other now. So that's a good point. One of those teams is probably going to move up, and and St. John's has a shot too as well. Um, I wanna I wanna close this out. You know, for uh, the the race for Big East Player of the Year. Obviously, there's a couple of, of guys on the short list. We all know Mark Marcus Howard. We all know Miles Powell. Um, you know, guy like Charlie Moore on DePaul and uh, and um, Paul Reed on DePaul and even L. J. Figueroa on St. John's. Marcus Zigorowski on Creighton. Uh, oh, you mentioned Omar Yurtseven on on Georgetown. And there's always a Villanova guy, Colin Gillespie. There's a lot of names out there. I mean, we know Howard and Powell Powell are the favorites. Um, if you had to pick a favorite and yet if you had to pick maybe like a sleeper uh who, who would you say is is, is your front runner for biggest player of the year um the favorites are definitely howard and powell mm-hmm. just because of the hype and mm-hmm. really the talent as well you know when those guys play they do incredible stuff mm-hmm. and then they show you why they get that kind of acclaim and, and et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. My sleeper would really come out of the pole, especially in a guy like Paul Reed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Average in a double double. If, if they could really stand out during conference play and they'll become ranked, mm-hmm. Charlie Moore definitely has a great argument, but I would give it to Paul Reed. Okay. Just because, just because, the, and that's the thing too that makes this player of the year race in the Big East complicated to me is the fact that you can have teams that are better, that are ranked. That, that have, of course, their guys, mm-hmm. but statistically, they're not impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, Butler, for example, 
I mean, up top, I mean, uh, Kamir Baldwin. Yeah, he's yeah. averaging, what, 14 and 4? Like, those are not Big East players. Exactly. Like, numbers. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you can't give it to a guy like that. No disrespect to Kamir. No, yeah. Like, uh-huh. You can't give it to a guy like that. Uh-huh. So, to me, it's like, yeah, it should be given to Howard or Powell, more than likely. Um, but if the Paul gets ranked, man, and they continue doing what they're doing, yeah, no, and it's been it's been a while for DePaul, so I'm 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 happy that they're kind of kind of relevant again. I c I can't remember the last time DePaul was, was relevant in the big east, you know? Yeah, it's great. And again, it's like what, what I said earlier, and it's something that you acknowledge as well. This is a team that we've seen in recent years have good starts now. Folks mm-hmm. look at it and go, Oh, they're facing cupcake no absolutely and i i think that i think that a lot of the conference can say that which is which is what's going to be really fun about the big east this season is that a lot of the conference can say we've gotten off to this hot start now let's build on it you know yeah, 100%. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you, man, for coming on. I know it's a Saturday morning, so thank you for uh, for coming on and joining me here. You did a great job, obviously, uh, breaking down the Big East, giving us a nice preview there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can have you on again at some point during the season, talk a little uh, St. John's basketball, a little more St. John's focus if you're down. Hey, man, that sounds good to me. Thank you so much. It's been great, Troy, just to be on the show with you and talk Big East basketball. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Fortunately, they've given us a lot to talk about mm-hmm. in a great manner, and, and hopefully it continues. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, well, thank you again, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, hopefully. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your holiday season. Will do, man. Thank you. Same to you and your listeners. You guys have a happy new year. All right. You too. Talk soon. All right. Thank you once again to Arden Franklin for coming on there. You can follow him on Twitter at a-R-D-E-N Sports Talk. That's Arden Sports Talk on Twitter. He does a lot of a lot of different work, and he also covers uh, Big East basketball for Big East Coast Bias, the SB Nation blog. We have a lot of their guys on, so I'm happy that we could add another one there. And hopefully Arden comes on at some point during the uh, the, the Big East play as well to, to break down a game. But, but for now, very good job by him talking about uh, Big East play. I hope everyone enjoyed that. But uh, looking ahead for this podcast, I'll probably have a show out this week talking about the Butler game. We'll probably have a New Year's show if I can find someone. If I could find someone to come on at at some point during New Year's, uh, New Year's Day, not New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, to uh, to talk about the game. We'll have a show out on Wednesday uh, talking about the game, so you can you can listen while you're sitting on your couch watching college football, watching uh, on on New Year's Day. If if we if we end up doing a show, hopefully we will, and I think we will. So that'll be that'll be the next episode of this of this podcast and it's it's a big big chance for St. John's to really legitimize uh what they've done in non-conference play not to not to throw that aside but you know at this point now none of that matters and that that should be the mentality that Mike Anderson and this team goes into conference play thinking is that none of that matters you know they had an outstanding non-conference start they picked up uh, two wins that they should not have have won, or, or at least one game that they should not have won against Arizona, and then another one against West Virginia that was kind of a toss-up. Two huge wins in non-conference play, one at home and one basically on the road. 
But now, you know, none of that really matters for what's going forward now because, you know, every team in the Big East, as we just as we just spoke with Arden, every team in the Big East has a lot of big wins or has a couple big wins heading into conference play. And every team in the Big East is going to be confident heading into conference play. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see who builds on that confidence and who starts off fast and who whose confidence takes a hit and starts off slow. And St. John's wants to be one of those teams that starts fast in conference play, that gets off to a nice start in conference play. And hopefully it starts against Butler uh, this week. It's a, it's a huge game for them. It's another huge opportunity for the Red Storm to build an unlikely tournament resume. If they can pick up this win, they can say that they beat Butler at home when Butler was the number 12 team in the country, when Butler was number three in the net ranking. It took, it's another quad one opportunity for St. John's. They're 2-0 and in quad one so far. So, like I said, you know, the non-conference is, is fantastic, but that's in the past now, and I, I hope that Mike Anderson is preaching that. I, I'm sure that he is because he knows a lot more about basketball than I do, and I'm sure that he's preaching that to his players, that, you know, that all that stuff in the non-conference play that happened is outstanding, but it's it's put to the side now, it's put in the back now, and let's let's go ahead and attack conference play now, and let's continue these these good vibes and these good this good play into Big East play because we've seen as Arden mentioned as well, we've seen a couple of St. John's teams who have started fast, even last season, 12-0 in non-conference play, and they obviously played no one last season, but we've seen St. John's in years past, you know, 10-2 and a couple of years ago, and then the 11-game losing streak in Big East play, so we've seen them start very, very strong in the non-conference and then not be able to build on it. That was under a previous regime, though, so let's see now how St. John's gets off to a start in the Big East, because we've seen a lot of poor starts in the Big East over the years, really in the past two regimes, uh, since, since Steve Lavin took over and Chris Mullins. So we'll see if Mike Anderson is able to to right that ship a little bit. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to actually start watching games again. It feels like it's been forever, even though it's only been a week as of as of this recording. But uh, I'm sure that once we get to tip off on, on Tuesday night, I'm just going to be itching for uh, St. John's basketball, as I'm sure everyone else is as well. But thank you all for listening today. I hope you all enjoyed this Big East preview episode. And I'll be back probably Wednesday at some point in the afternoon with a recap of what's hopefully a win over Butler, although we will see. It's the first, it's the third real test of the season for St. John's, and it's it's certainly uh, the biggest one to date, I would say, at home against a very, very good and very, very confident Butler team, and it's the start of a very, very tough Big East conference slate. But I hope everyone enjoyed this show, and I'll talk to you guys then. Let's go, Johnnies.